Hello and welcome to the message number 29. This is a really good one and it is entitled, Jesus is your friend and he wants you. May this bless your heart and soul as you journey with him this week. The Bible reading comes from Luke chapter 24 and it is the road to Emmaus. That same day, Resurrection Sunday, two of them were walking to the village, Emmaus, about six miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognise who he was. He asked, what's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? He said, What has happened? They said, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him. Got him sentenced to death and crucified him. When we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one who was about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the woman said. But they didn't see Jesus. Then he said to them, so thick headed, so slow hearted. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he was going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them, taking the bread. He blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognised him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that had happened on the road and how they recognised him when he broke the bread. Amen. Able to be here today to think of your word, to think how you long us to be your friends here in Fenham and beyond. Bless us now as we look together. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. My name is Daniel, I'm the interim minister here at Holy Cross and actually we're at the halfway stage of these three years. Can you believe it? It's gone quite quickly, hasn't it, so far? And at this halfway stage, 
I would like to talk to you from this passage on the topic of you have a friend called Jesus and he wants you. He has, you have a friend called Jesus and he wants you. The story of the road to Emmaus is an amazing story and I could write probably 20 sermons easily on that passage because there's so much in it and I encourage you to look back over it and see the depth, see it and use your imagination and see how God is working through that passage. But today I really want to focus on your friendship with Jesus. The disciples on Resurrection Sunday walking away from, from Jerusalem, on the road to Emmaus, confused, Jesus appears. It's amazing the stories of Jesus, isn't it, in the resurrection uh, narrative. He appears and starts talking to him, uh, to them, as if like he's having a, a bit of a joke, it feels like, at one point. He asks them, what happened? And then they tell the story of Jesus dying on the cross and then reports that he has risen from the dead. Jesus then opens up the scriptures, doesn't he? And breaks bread. And they are alive with the power of the resurrection. And they go and run. They don't stay in their nice home. They go and run and tell the other disciples who then reciprocate and say, yes, he is alive. What's that got to do with us here in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, over 100s here at Fenham? In this passage, I want to remind you at this halfway stage of this interim that you have a friend called Jesus and he wants you. He wants you to do a few things from this passage. The first is this. He wants you to experience a relationship with him daily in the ordinary things of life. It's great to come to church on Sundays, but it's in the walking, it's in the talking, it's in the conversations that you have with others. It's in you having breakfast, it's in you doing the washing up, it's in with you with others. That is the type of friendship that Jesus wants you to have with him. Today is like a, a, a convocation, a, a moment where we gather together and we share, like in the, the passage, the stories of how we met with Jesus. I know we're British, we may not be doing that, but in our, in our heart of hearts we will be, through our smiles, through our kindness, through our positive stories, through our brokenness. We've been walking with Jesus in the ordinariness of life. I love the way that these disciples were just walking and Jesus turned up. You have a friend called Jesus and he wants you. I was with um, Anne um, and Bruce a few months ago and we were just talking, we were having a meeting in church and we were just talking about um, all the pastoral work that was happening. We wasn't particularly praying, it wasn't particularly a holy moment. Yes, it was in a holy place. But we were talking about people who have been in church for a long time. And one of them, as I was saying to David beforehand, we were talking about David. I thought, we haven't seen David for a long time. And we weren't really praying about David coming back to church or whatever, but we really felt in our hearts that we'd love to see David. And then the next week, David turned up, didn't he? And we thought, wow, 
And you've been there pretty much every week now, haven't you? As if God was in the conversation. God knew our hearts. We wanted people like David to come back to church again. I encourage you, one of the things to do at the end of the day is a special spiritual word called examen. It's a funny word. But all it really means is think of your day. Think of where you have been with God in that day. The way I do it is simply think, what happened in the morning? It's a good test for your mind before bed, actually. It's good for the, uh, for the, for the brain stuff. What happened this morning? What happened at lunchtime? What happened at tea time? What happened before bed? And then ask again, God, where were you in the morning with me? Where were you at lunchtime, the evening, at nighttime? And maybe you could give some thanks, and maybe you could say, oh, God, I could have done something better then. But God wants you. He doesn't want... Somebody else, he wants you, this friendship. He is so interested in you, in your ordinary life. What else do we learn about our friendship here? You have a friend called Jesus, and he wants you to open the scriptures. Open the scriptures, dust them down. Don't just dust them down when the vicar is about to turn up to your house and I put it on the table and I open it to a special page. Open the scriptures. You don't do that really, I know that. (laughs) Jesus spoke from where they were. He didn't start from a place uh, which they didn't understand, like Leviticus. He wouldn't ask you to start in a really difficult passage. Never ever, you're going to read the Bible, never start from the beginning and work your way through to the end. Because you'll get stuck. You'll get stuck probably halfway through Genesis. Read something like Mark, the Gospel of Mark, or the Gospel of John. Start from a place that you know. Remember the stories of when you were young. Jesus opened the scriptures. Why the Bible? Why the Bible? Because it's the love letter that God wants to give you here in Fenham, here in this church. If you want God to speak to you, pick up the Bible. Read it. Listen to it. Think about it. One way of reading the Bible, which maybe they did when they, when they were at this, this home, is, is another funny word. I'm using the funny words today, but I'm trying to break these funny words and then use them for everyday life. It's called Lectio Divina. It's a funny, funny phrase. All it means is when you pick up the Bible, read it, think about it, have a quiet moment to listen, and then live it out. Read it, think about it, listen, and put it into practice. What do I mean by that? Well, when you read it, sometimes you can read it like, well, I'll just read the Bible, yeah, that's fine. But imagine, try and imagine a different way of reading it. There's different ways of reading the Bible. You could read it standing up. You could read it walking. You could read it with a cup of tea. You could read it as if someone else is reading it. Yesterday at the, the, um, the, the cathedral, we had Brendan Foster. Brendan Foster, the, uh, the pioneer of the Great North Run, he read Isaiah chapter 40. And the reason why it was so exciting for me that he read Isaiah chapter 40 was in it, bear in mind he's a runner and athlete, it said, even though you run, you will not grow weary. 
and the words just brought on a different effect. And it carries on saying, even though you walk, you will not grow faint. And I've read that so many times, but the word came alive. And it made me realize I've got the strength to keep going because God has told me. So read the Bible in a new way. Use your imagination. He is your friend. So they're there. They've walked along the road of Emmaus. They've come and they're reading the scriptures together. Jesus wants you not only that, but he wants you as his friend. He wants you to break bread with you. He wants to break bread with you. When we hear today, and now bear with us, we're in our Anglican church, I appreciate this. But in this wonderful home, in a Jewish home, they broke bread many times. And you could do this in your home. You could break bread and share it with one another. Why is it, maybe you don't have this in your house, why is it in our house, my, uh, my wife and me, we always send the children, come round the table for your tea. We don't want you having your tea in your own rooms. We don't want your tea in the garden. We want to be around the table. Why do we break bread together here? Why bread? Why can it have been um, caviar? Why can it have been um, pizza? Why can it have been something elaborate? Bread is common. Bread is inclusive. Bread is earthly. Bread is something we can share. The reason why Jesus broke bread, and yes, you remember the cross and his resurrection, which is so important. But the other reason for today I want us to hold on to is this. He wants you to break bread because he wants you to reconcile with one another. You see, as Jesus' friend, you're not just Jesus' friend and no one else is Jesus' friend. Everyone's Jesus' friend. This is the uniqueness. You're all God's favourites. I'm God's favourite. You're God's favourites. You want revival in this church, in this interim. You want to see it fall. You want to see everything working well like I do. The way we see this being full again isn't through a big campaign like Coca-Cola. Isn't through sending out loads of leaflets. Isn't through just trying to get money for the sake of money. If we want to see this church grow, we've got to break bread with one another. We've got to reconcile. We've got to love. We've got to forgive. We've got to be kind got to be caring. If we don't do that, we will shrivel and one day, finally, something else may happen. Let me give you a story. I was just back from the cathedral, had a lovely time, everything went lovely. I don't think I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> although you can check on the video. <laughs> I didn't realise I was on the video. Um, <laughs> but I came home and somebody had parked their car across our drive, okay? Now, if you come down Lindale Road, it's really, really busy. There's lots and lots of cars everywhere, and everyone's jostling for, for, for car parking space. But nobody down the road ever, ever parks over the driveway. It is like holy ground, isn't it? No one parks over it, but someone had. And I remember I had to park at the bottom of the road. And I remember saying to Ali, I'm going to write a stiff letter. I'm going to stick it on their, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, windscreen. And you say, you shouldn't do this and that. And then Ali was being Alice, don't do that. It's not a good idea. Just relax, enjoy it. 
And I remember going back outside again, and then I realised, actually, I just peered inside the car, and I saw there were some balloons, and there was a party. It was obviously a children's, uh, maybe a mum or a dad who was rushing somewhere to get there. And I went, oh gosh, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have thought like that. Went back inside, looked out the window, the car had gone. What I'm saying is, yes, we may have grievances. Yes, we, we, things may not go the way you want, like being parked over your front drive. But God is after our hearts, isn't he? He's after our peace. The feeling I had inside was a horrible feeling of, of like, something needs to be done. The world is going crazy. No, relax. Jesus is your friend. Reconcile. Break bread with one another. You know, I was at the cathedral, and, uh, and yeah, I said you can watch it online. You can look at me. I accidentally was uh, linked to the cannons. It was quite, very, very interesting. At the very end, I was parading up the cannons. It looked all really good. But I realized, as I looked at everybody in that church, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. The hymns were probably not everyone's favorite. Not everybody loves organ music. I know Christopher does. But other people probably didn't. There were people of other faiths there. There were people of other churchmanships. There were people who didn't have any faith at all. But we were there reconciling to each other and saying that Jesus is our friend. We recognize him as a friend of the broken, the poor, the marginalized. You may not like everything happening in your life or in the church, but break bread. When we have communion today, break bread and say, God, I forgive others as I pray they forgive me. You have a friend. His name is Jesus. And he wants you, this is my final point, he wants you to experience the resurrection. Experience it. The reason why, when I have lots of baptism families and so forth coming in, um, and the, the, they, they may not always stay, is because they have not experienced it. The reason why at times we find it hard in our faith is because we haven't experienced it recently. Jesus was there, he broke bread, and their eyes were opened, their hearts were burning, and they experienced the resurrection. I wonder what makes your heart excited. When I was going down a water slide, it was like a death-defying water slide in Inverness once. That was, my heart was racing there. Or when, uh, when Ben won 4-0 against North Shields, my heart was leaping then. God wants us not only to experience that. Those are more like my first point about the ordinariness of life. God loves that, yes. But God wants us to experience, as his friend, the resurrection. The resurrection through your life. When you're going through an illness, don't waste that pain. God wants you to experience the resurrection through that. When you're going through um, your birthday, I had Eska's birthday recently, don't lose that. God wants you to experience a resurrection through that too. When you're going through a bereavement, don't waste your pain on just feeling so sad, but look to him for the resurrection to come. Through your bills, through your addictions, through your successes, through your feeling tired, through the Eucharist. 
Don't waste these moments. God wants to break in and have your heart burning again. Wow, wasn't God good when I didn't have what it took? He gave me that injection. And so as Jesus' friends, know this. You are incredibly special. You're one of a kind. In the ordinariness of your life, through the scriptures, through the breaking of the bread, the way that you forgive and love others, even though it hurts. Because it does hurt. We know that it hurts. But even through that, God wants you to experience the resurrection in all its forms. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, that was a really encouraging one. I love the road to Emmaus and I love it when I hear uh, people talking about how we can be friends with Jesus. Let's end with that ancient prayer. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. And all God's people said, Amen.